Welcome to the Minority Trailblazer Podcast, and I'm your host, Greg Eel, the Culture Change Agent. On this show, we interview young, successful minorities in a variety of fields to educate, empower, and inspire our current and future generation. And today, I'm excited. Side note, before I even introduce my guest, yo, it's been a year since we've been on the show. I'm, I'm excited to be home. What up, world? What up? And we got the video rocking. What up, world? I'm excited to be home, man. And I know my ladies out there like, yo, G, you should have been on video. You got a video face? I know, I know. It's coming. I had to set it up, right? So before I before I go, I just wanna I wanna I wanna get the energy right, right? Today's show is gonna be one of the most powerful podcasts that uh Minority Trailblazer has ever done. Period. I'm already setting it right there. We're setting the energy right there. I'm excited to interview this brother. Um, man, 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 I can't even words can't explain. I mean, like what this interview is going to do for you. So you need to lock in wherever you at. I know it's probably COVID time. So if you quarantine or if you on the job, whatever you're doing, if you truck driving, whatever you're doing, you need to lock in, take notes, get your notepad out. We're going to have a real, 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 real show. Um, and I'm excited. So uh, without further ado, I just want to introduce my guest, man. And, and, and Dr. Flanagan, I said uh, it's Flanagan, right? It's Flanagan. Yep. Okay, cool, yep. cool, cool, Stop cool. Alright. <laughs> so I want to make because I always y'all y'all do not see the back end on how I be abusing people's names. Like it's crazy. But now y'all get to see this because I ain't chopping and editing nothing. All right. <laughs> but um I'm really excited. Let me let me read the bio, right? Let me I got the I got the printout. Let me read the bio a little bit. Then we're gonna introduce him to introduce him to the show. Um Dr. Flanagan loves to learn and, and side note, Dr. Flan. Typically, I'm gonna read his bio. I typically re-record the bio at the end and, and splice it, but it's all good. Um, Dr. Flanagan right. loves to learn and to achieve, as his credentials attest. He has earned a doctorate in nursing practice from Columbia University, a master's of science of nursing from Sanford University, and a bachelor's of science of nursing from Emory University. That's a lot of universities right there, right? <laughs> he now <laughs> practices in New Orleans, and his biggest passion, outside of his work and his wife, is helping those interested in nursing. He knows from some... He knows from his painful experiences that you can't be what you don't see. That's Doc's other mantra. So he sets up the Dream Big Mentorship Program to offer support, guidance, and wealth building strategies to nurse anesthesia. How do I say that? How do I say anesthesia? Anesthesia or anesthetist. You got to say that the in the middle. That's what solves it. Anesthetist. Oh, anesthetist. Anesthesia. Uh, and, anesthesia. <laughs> anesthesia. Woo! The nurse anesthesia Ooh, school it. candidates, particularly non-traditional ones. And so <laughs> he travels the country to spread the word. And to find out more, you can go to Dr. Dr. Dante Flanagan.com. We're gonna re-record that. But uh matter of fact, we can't re-record that because it's a live video and I'm gonna edit and edit it. So y'all gonna see what it Boom. is, man. So um I'm excited, excited, excited. So without further ado, I wanna introduce Dr. Dante Flanagan to the Minority Chosen. Uh, without further ado, I would like to introduce Dr. Dante Flanagan to season seven of the Minority Troublers podcast, man. Welcome to the show. Woo, thank you. It is a pleasure and honor to be here. You know, I think everything works out in the way it's supposed to for us to cross paths. And uh, I'm just excited for the day. It, oh, it's good. You already know, man. So let's jump yeah. right in, man. I always start to show off with our guests sharing us a quote that they live by and a story about how they apply that quote to their everyday life, man. So take us away. All right. Um, the quote for me is always been my, my, from my father. Um, if you if you plan your work and work your plan, um, and I apply that by every everything that I do as far as my my goals and my aspirations for the day. Um, I start off by thinking. 
you know, what am I going to do today? How can I and be impactful? Mm-hmm. But not only thinking about it, actually putting in the steps to get to that next to that next action item so mm-hmm. that we get success coming through. So, yeah, that's the that's the biggest quote and mantra that I live by. You know, mm-hmm. there's always a, a lot of other ones floating around, but that one that one always seems to hit home. It's 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 always it gets me where I need to be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So give us a story, man. Give us a story of how you how you apply that quote. Like, give us take us there. Yeah, let's see. Um, first and foremost, I guess it was like uh going to anesthesia school. No, I can't mm-hmm. even go. I go before that. It was it was getting into um my middle school, high mm-hmm. school. Um, I my it came from my grandmother who who passed away when I was twelve. And she she looked at me growing up and was and put this seed in my head that she's like, you will go to one of the, the premier private schools in our area. Um, we had no money. We had no no access to that. This is before any other networking and stuff really took off. Um, and she passed before anything happened. But that seed was planted so that I started planning that this is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I put it in the other in the side that it came with that was put in the work. So all I knew was doing well in school mm-hmm. playing ball and as those things kept happening the doors started opening and i started coming across the right people who had the connections to get me into that space mm-hmm. and that seemed to be something that that came into fruition and i think that springboarded me to think like oh this is real if you can if you can think it and process this then you can work yourself your work your way up into being wherever you want to be whenever you want to be it Mm, I love that. I love that. So I'm going I'm to slightly alter the way I typically do the uh, the show. I'm still going to do a beginning, middle, and end. But now I want to have a small segment before we go into your backstory. Because um, this mm-hmm. is how I layer the show. I layer the show. We start, we start with the personal background of who you are, like what makes you you. Then we talk in the present day, kind of what you do, the offerings, et cetera. And then we talk future because I'm really big on future. So we t- discuss future, what you got planned and, and ideate on just different cultural topics. But I think mm-hmm. one thing I miss and I missed all the other episodes. I didn't really miss, but I want to have the opportunity before you go to your backstory. I want to have a small talk. Yo, I'm not going to say talk. Talk your is statement. I'm, I'm, I'm going to reframe it by the time I'm going to have a negative. But it's going to be like a, a two minute one where you just say, like how dynamic you are, not in a sense of like bragging on yourself, but like what have you accomplished so far? So it can give immediately for our viewers, they can understand, okay, boom, and then go to backstory instead of backstory, present, and then they figure out, oh my gosh. So I want to go hit him in the face right now. And this yep. is a segment because I don't think we do that enough, right? As a black community, we always say be humble. And I get it. I love being humble, right? Right. However, we need we need to we need to let people know like where we at. You feel me? Um, and yeah, not to say yeah. it, it, we, we we do, we need to affirm each other. We need to affirm ourselves. And I want people to know that, yo, people are dynamic. And it's not in a sense of people are more dynamic than others. But I think it's the, it's the culture of you yourself knowing you're dynamic. You yourself speaking that out. And I think activating that allows certain things to manifest. So um, take us away, man. Like, give us an audience, man. If they had to, they had to walk in, you were doing a presentation, you know, the people read the bio, you know, people read the bio and make you nervous because you're like, dang, is that really me doing that? <laughs> so, yeah. yeah right, take the- <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, when you hit me with the bio, I was like, oh, there's some heavy hitter universities. And <laughs> I don't process that because, you know, because I, I just go through it at the time. It is what it is. But, yeah, I've done... Um, I've done, I've been one, been the only black crossing through the paths, uh, in my, in my class for three different degrees at three different universities. I've, um, have crossed over, um, into the seven figure world for, um, network, uh, 
slowly uh, early after the age of 30. Um, written a couple of books now. Um, I have a restaurant in Atlanta that's been around for nine, 10 years. That's black owned. Um, it's downtown midtown to Lawrence. Um, I've been nationally recognized for the national organization in anesthesia for, for nurse anesthetists and my work, um, been recognized at Emory for my work in mentoring and have successfully, um, get gotten in about bit touched it, it around 40, 50 people into the uh, nurse anesthesia world as far as them coming in and changing the, the culture and the landscape for nurse anesthetists around the country. So, mm. um, <laughs> I dabble in, I dabble in real estate. Um, I've dabbled in some entrepreneurial stuff as far as event planning and, and concerts and that nature. Um, and I don't like to say I'm a serial entrepreneur. I, I like to be involved in multiple streams of income. And I like to build systems and I've done that in various ways across my life to get to a point where I, when I discuss topics of wealth, Mm -hmm. when I discuss topics of, um, professional success, it's not just a conversation. I'm telling, I'm telling you from personal experience and what I've gone through and done and what works Mm -hmm. and more and more importantly, I'm very transparent about what those numbers look like on the other side of it so that you can see what's real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you said you said enough, man. So uh, let that sink in before we even go to the backstory. Um, ownership of a of a restaurant is, and like I said, he's not a restauranter. He's in the medical space. Not only yeah. did he operate in the medical space, he brought forty one other cats into the medical space. And you see, forty one. It sounds big or it sounds small, but forty one. That's just that's that's lives that are changed, and then they're reaching back and reaching back, and it's like the that's the multi level marketing scheme I want to be a part of, right? So all yes. my people that's trying to sell me the twenty eight dollars, eighty dollars to get a thousand, whatever. <laughs> no, 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 I don't need that. that. I need that type of multi level marketing scheme where you hit a lick in a professional way, and then you bring everybody else on. Also, I know I know you heard him mention seven figure. Well, at 30, and I, it's crazy you say that. Like, I'm, I've been meeting some people this week. I don't know where the energy's at. I guess God is pushing me to that direction. But there's some <laughs> young cats that are really, that um that have been, that have done things in a in a way, and not perfect, but done things in a way. Well, of course, they have, they've had some good jobs, but they've done, done things in a way where they would have set themselves up financially at a very, very early age. And it's very practical. Like, we can get on that at the, the back end of the show, uh, but I'm really, really excited to do that. So now... Let's jump into uh, this is the first section of the show. Um, your personal background, man, like who you are, where you from, like what's what's that whole story? Give us the origin story. It's long for yeah. so take your time with it. All right. Um, origin story. So I was born and raised in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Um, my my parents were together. Uh, and this this may be just familiar for just a lot of us growing up. My parents were together. They were they were never married. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually they separated. Um, and then my mother remarried, and so I was a product of a single parent home, but my father was around um, for a long time until my mother remarried. But there was always this this tough dynamic between me and my stepfather because I was just a young boy who had who, who had a had a father figure, an authority figure, and didn't necessarily um, come to grips with having another man in the house that, that uh, wasn't my father. Mm-hmm. So. We went through that. I um, grew up from uh, my grandparent, my grandfather, someone who planted the seed in me in entrepreneurship. I come from a family who we own the first and only black club in Chattanooga wow. for 20, 25 years. Wow. So I grew up in the bar at the at the bar, pulled up to the bar 
getting virgin drinks <laughs> from three, four, five years old. So the club scene was never formed for me. Um, <laughs> my And because of my grandfather being in the business, my father pulled right into it, um, right behind. And so I grew up and also my father was doing concerts for Patti LaBelle, uh, the early R. Kelly before R. Kelly became what he is now. <laughs> before <Man. Robert> Dewey. <laughs> <laughs> the Osley brothers, um, my grandfather before that was doing stuff for the Ohio players. Um, so I just came up in a world where I was exposed to a lot of things early, um, good or bad. I mean, depending on how you look at it, I think it's all for benefit. Um, it allowed me to get that exposure so that when I started college, I knew that there was money in the party scene. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't. I had. I had uh, experience getting those contracts um, and understanding what that could entail. But along the way, I just grew up in a, in a place where we didn't have much. We had enough to go around, but I also had four other uh, siblings, mm-hmm. um, and that money kind of spread amongst us because none of us lived with my father, mm-hmm. um, and so we we did that. And and I grew up in a, in a house where. The other side of my family with my, with my mother was we had a family house in Chattanooga where all of us grew up as far as my cousins, aunts, uncles. There was at one point, I mean, there was probably 13 of us in that house. Um, and we had the typical, um, I think that's an experience for a lot of us is we we dressed good, but we were nowhere near really middle class as far as like longevity and sustaining mm. and keeping money. Um, but I did have every new pair of J's that came out. That's for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. We had all yeah. my brothers and we always had that, but you know, could we take a family vacation? No. Um, could we just go shopping and get whatever we want? No. Could we go eat out twice a week? No, we got sack full of crystals. If y'all know what that is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. We know about that. And let me, let me yeah. interject real quick. I think you said something deep. Um, and I want, I want our audience to meditate on it because I think I can definitely relate where your family in your head okay we, we doing we doing good but then when you think when you as you get older you're like you see what growth really is and then when you get older yeah. you might start noticing stuff you go go to your parents house and you see i mean unpaid bills you see hold up we just went out the red lobster and blew the bag of red lobster but hold up my i'm looking like we really if one we one paycheck away at all yeah. times at um, and it's, so yeah, I just wanted, I just wanted, it's, it's because it, I know many of our people that's listening, and they can probably think about like their parents and some, and be like, hold up, it's middle class. If we look at the data, I mean, it, it's, it's, it, 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 stuff get real when you really look at the data. But that's even here or there. I don't want to go that south. Go, go ahead, keep it, keep going. Yeah, but, but you're right. And so as I got speaking to the same thing as a teenager, um. I was playing basketball heavy. Like I was playing ball every day. It was like my that was my outlet. That was my that was my piece. Um I think we deal with a lot of that and that not to get too deep, I think that's part of like how we deal with trauma. We go to a place that we don't have to actually deal with it, but we enjoy another space we ignore it and we just it, you you flourish in that way. And so I was doing that through basketball. And I know, like you say, you look back on your parents and or like just our life and how bills were getting paid or things like that. But I do remember distinctly my mother not eating dinner. And there's many excuses that can come with that. Like, oh, I'm not hungry, blase, blase, or I had a big lunch at work. But as I got older, got out of the house, I started reprocessing that. I was like, that was, that was some things that she had to do so that we could eat and not know that times are rough. Which could have been, 
a conversation. Yeah. Like, so knowing what you know now, and I, we just going, yeah. let's just jump into it, man. Like, yeah. in, your, in your head, and because I forgot, do you have kids? No kids yet. Okay, no kids yet. So um, do you imagine when you're building your family that... <sighs> That what like what type of money conversations do you want to have in vision, God willing? Yeah, I mean, yeah, God willing, I want to be able to walk him through or he or she through the um the real financial statements. I want them to have a different appreciation for money, how to get it, how to keep it, and how to make it grow. And those conversations weren't things that we had growing up. Um, I didn't I didn't process what it like what a gas what a tank of gas costs versus what the electrical bill is. Or um, what what the cable bill is versus what a pair of J's are, or or comparing like okay, you want you want to go out on a Friday night. How many hours is that going to cost you in money of work? So it's like oh, you're going to go spend thirty dollars at the club, but you're only making six dollars an hour. Is the club worth a full day's work mm. at, at your job? And when you and I think those kind of conversations put things into perspective and, and also being very transparent to a point with my with my children as far as what's uh, what the family can do, and what we can't do. Um, and that when a sacrifice is made, that they know it's a sacrifice so mm. that they can appreciate it. Like if my kid wants to study abroad, yes, Lord willing, I want them to be able to be able to support that. But if we have to sacrifice to it, I need to have a conversation with that kid also. That look, mm. uh, we're tightening up at home in order that you can get this this larger experience. Mm, because I, sometimes I, it's easy for us to, you know, yeah. I think we go through it, we experience it, but we don't really see what our parents are doing. We, it, at least we, I wasn't privy to that. Yeah, and I, it's crazy. Yeah. We had an exercise at church uh, last Sunday at our, our seminar, our web of uh, finance seminar, and um, my brother, shout out to Maurice Cotton, man. Um, he had them go through a workshop and say how much they really cost. So they had to look at, okay, what's their, they got their rent as far as they, 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 um, where they stay, their food, electricity. Cause they thought, oh, mom, I probably cost like a hundred, two hundred dollars a month. Right. So they had to go through their food, the electricity, their clothing, whatever. And they had really had to see that whole up. I cost what a month in healthcare, right. everything, yeah. travel, gas, mm-hmm. time. And then yeah. they build in the parents, build in time, like really like time. Like I am a professional. Right. I could be having a second job. So they build in yep. time and then the numbers were astronomical. They're like, hold up, whoa. Because if you don't tell them, that's why kids be out of pocket with disrespect at times. Because you just exactly. say, you're going to respect me. They like, why should I respect you? You they don't, you don't, and, they say, and, and I thought too, you're doing what you're supposed to do. You're my parent. Yeah. You're supposed to provide for me. You're like, and then I'm looking like now, like, nah, you, that's, that's, there's a certain minimum that's there, but you're getting extra. <laughs> yeah, because let's be true. Yeah. Let's look at the data, especially in black, black, and it's unfortunate in the black community. The, the minimum is low. The minimum it's can be old. zilch. You yeah. feel me? So yeah. it's like you, you got a food, you got food, you above the max, but we want above everything else. So, oh man, we get, we getting excited. Yeah, like, so, like you said, yeah, you want, you want more. You think like, oh, like you said, you're getting food, but. Black families also be like, well, you can you can walk and talk and carry your own. You go get your own food. Mm-hmm. You know, fourteen, fifteen. If the if the law says you can get out and work, <laughs> you go and work. That's your legitimate world. <laughs> but at thirteen, fourteen, if you can provide, also sometimes you put out there to be a quote for us, be a man and provide for the house too, because mm-hmm. you might have other siblings that need to be taken care of, and the money coming in from your parents or your mom, your dad is just enough to get by. So, I'll that way too. 
and is and isn't in a weird duality where all right, let's 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 see it, right? You hear stories, and we know we probably all know people that um, maybe grew up in certain places that at 13, 14 were taking care of the house, right? Not necessarily bills, but taking care of their siblings, etc. Um, they sack it, it hurts so them at school. They doing that right. And then we have the other side. And this is I'm talking about black folk. There's the other side that maybe like yourself that has parents in the household, um, and not like yourself in the say, but they not they're not working. They're they're playing AAU. They're getting they're they're basically they're getting cashed out, right? And yeah. they then they end up going to college, being successful. Then we have those that that sacrifice for their family, and maybe they never. And when I say successful, uh, we can go there another day, but. You have those that are the sacrifice that had took on manly and womanly responsibilities at an early age, but then they might right. not necessarily matriculate through college. And then mm-hmm. now all of a sudden at, at 18, 19, they may, they may graduate from high school, but they get a regular job. Then they end up getting pregnant or something like that. And then they have public housing or something like that. And it looks like, oh, they ain't do nothing with their life, yo. They, 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 they right. just, they, they whatever. But then if mm-hmm. you really look at it, it's like, man, it took on responsibility that the other person never, never had. And right. we will look at the same person. We can go. You can go wherever you're at right now and go to the hood, and you, you'll see people that was was doing working with their whole family from the age of eight, right? But then you look at yep. them like, where are they at? So it's a weird dynamic as a black person, specifically as one that's um, successful from a, from a societal perspective. When you mm-hmm. really think like, man, there's so many of my brothers that had the same merit as me, even more. But now right. people look at them and say, mm, you need to do more with yourself. You need to do more with your life. Get off welfare. And it's right. like, bro, like I was at eight from eight to 18. I was in the doesn't does that conflict sometimes where you like, bro, like it's kind of weird, ain't it? Yeah, it's definitely something that I, and I go through, too, because I was I was not removed from that world. Like mm-hmm. my um, one thing, my, my grandfather, you know, Lord's soul also was like, never, never get too big to forget the people you touched along the way. And part of that dynamic is, you know, I was, <laughs> I skipped this little part, this little segment. One side of my family, I talked about my father's side. I didn't talk about my mother's side. My mother's side was 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 heavy in the streets and well known in Chattanooga. So yeah, there was not a there was not a a, a black face that didn't uh, in the streets that my family didn't necessarily know. Mm-hmm. So it was always one phone call away from whatever was going on, and we knew what was going on in the city. And so also it came with that. I, I also had certain scenarios around me where um, drugs were being moved. It is what it is. But I was also protected in the space of this is what my, 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 my family had to do in some respect. But you're protected. You can't mm-hmm. go in this route. So it was, all, it was like you, you can see it. You can know about it. But you will never put your hands on any of this. Mm-hmm. Your your route is your route, and we gonna protect you to get there because we, the rest of us can't get out of this. Mm-hmm. So you will, but at the same time, for me, I can't forget that 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 world exists. Like those those are still that's that's still a, 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 one of the uh, complexities of being black in America, coming from that kind of city or coming from that space. Um, you do you do live and carry yourself differently, and you have a lot more like common sense street sense when you get to that adulthood. And I can never turn my back on the hood for lack of better word but like i have i respect those people as much or more than i somebody suited up in mm-hmm. these in these board offices because a lot of people in those board offices some most times there's something that was given to you the opportunity was given to you that you didn't have that the other people didn't have you yeah. put these guys on the street with something legitimate and they'd be the best businessman in the world you know what i mean and and that's just a point of opportunity 
Yeah. Um, and I can't, we, we got a system that's the issue, which is a whole nother story. But yeah, you, you look at it. I'm like, I know the mind state from the people around me that taught me how to hustle, how to stay on the grind, how to keep pushing it, how to, how to see the silver line and everything and how to flip something to say, oh, okay, well, if this money's making this and I turn this into that, then I just doubled up on that. And if I do that again, now I done tri- tripled or quadrupled and I ain't spent no extra money. That That's some street stuff on a different level. But if I'm doing it in real estate, now I'm legitimate. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I yeah. Know, I know what the other guy's doing too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, isn't it? It's weird for me. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm going to be honest. Sometimes, because I'm kind of... I've been a part of both worlds. Um, I'm college educated. I've been in corporate, but also too, I, I, I mean, I didn't, I didn't live the life. Right. And mm-hmm. it's weird because I, I was I, at one point I was going to get my MBA and I was in some programs mm-hmm. where we had other people that were getting an MBA from Ivy League schools, MLT, shout out to MLT program. Um, but yeah, but I ain't gonna lie. I'm gonna get real, real, real with this. It was weird being in certain spaces with a lot of these brothers because I'm going to be honest, man. Um, a lot of them just really didn't seem real to me, man. They was really yep. weird energy, man. Really show offish. Really. They were really on some status stuff. Let me keep on hunting. Mm-hmm. And I don't know where, and, I, and no judging. Cause I don't know what part of life and their journey they was on. Um, but they were really, it was just very fake. The energy was fake. And I've had that experience a lot of times in corporate settings. And, and I, and I get sometimes where you have to put on a shield. Um, I'm, I'm not, actually, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say I get it. But I understand that sometimes you got to put on a shield, but I always feel way more comfortable with people I knew, not to say necessarily people in the street, but like people I knew from from where I, where I grew up. Um, and also people I know that was real people. That's why I gravitate towards people that have, have, have went to certain ranks, but it's still real people because, mm-hmm. man, like it's crazy the higher you go. And these are people that like now are VPs, executives, whatever. And they're like, yo, you're not a real dude. You're not like yeah. it's, it's selfish. It's like you, you're a real dude mm-hmm. for your family. For your endowments, for your scholarships, but it's like, bro, it's so weird. I don't even want to be around them a lot. Yeah, it does. You know, the energy's off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you said, I, it's, I, man, it's it's so hard. And I, I just want authenticity, and I think that's what it is. Like, you don't have to put on for me. I'm not in competition with you. Like, I want you to win. You ain't got to put on. You ain't got to show nothing. Um, and I think that's it's a growth and maturity and going through it. But it's also you you recognize when the energy is right. Also. And I and I've been in that same space that kind of kind of pulled me out of like the entertainment world, so to speak, yeah. um, when I was in Atlanta because it was it was it was, so much of things were not authentic, and I was like, bro, this is I'm in here, I'm in it for the money. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't need I don't need the pictures. The pictures are cool, but I don't need the pictures. I don't need the show. I can be behind the scenes, just cut the check. You know what I'm saying? And let's and, be true, it's majority with black yeah. men. It's the, it, I, I see it with yes. the black men. <laughs> like, yes. And there's and more that we have to unpack. Like, mm-hmm, it definitely, definitely. We got a lot of you know trauma behind, behind that, but it's definitely something that comes with being secure um, in a space where we haven't had the opportunity to be secure around other, other black men, where we can sit and we can support each other, but we haven't seen that historically as a norm. We've been having the, the, the opportunities have been so small and survival has been such a necessity that we um, all we know is to take and to be big and to mm-hmm. be seen. And sometimes, you know, you know, it's like the, the quote goes, the quietest person in the room is sometimes the most powerful. Mm-hmm. And 
we have to be able to get to that point at one point at one time or other, but that's, that's building up our own securities and understanding. Like, I just want you to be your authentic self in whatever way that is, but it ain't got to be the, the big, the peacock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and the reason why I even went that segue and now we're going to get back to, to your journey where we need to be is because I feel like in the culture, man, so much can be solved with love. And when yeah. you're when you're when you understand that we're all we're all human, we're all really we're not on the same level to a certain extent, but we all here together. We all fighting for the same thing. Yeah. We should be. So it's like there's no there's no there's no mix. And I think um, it, it is challenging sometimes where I'm like, man, like that's how we can grow. Say if you got something and I'm trying to get there, then we you're a couple years older than me, but I'm, I want to be a millionaire soon. You feel me? So right. it's not on no weird like, oh man, my he getting it. Oh man, bump that dude. I'm gonna find different things. It's like a, it's all a group effort, but also too, it's a group effort not based in, it's based like you said on energy about on what mm-hmm. you're trying to bring to the world instead of money. Like let's let's scrap the money. What are you trying to bring to the world? And and, and we're all on this call specifically right now in the culture. This is the time yep. more than ever that every I'm talking about from the boardroom to the doctor's mm-hmm. offices to the hood. Like we didn't. There's no excuse now to draw the line, erase the line. Right. We have yep. to. And we and the thing is, I'm gonna be real. I I believe it's on the professionals to 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 erase the line. I believe it because let's be here. There's so many. We talk about all the time and I'm not going to let our Europeans off the hook on a lot of stuff, but we did. There's so many microaggressions that happen amongst the black community itself. We Mm -hmm. doctors and stuff like that. They're not going to where I'm from. They're not going to certain spots. Black doctors. They're not. No, they're not. Some are. Some are. Some some do. And actually, no, the medical field is a little different. I see a lot in the medical field. They actually do help serve. But I'm talking about um, let's, let's get on these finance folk. Let's get on these realtors. Let's get on. Let's get on everybody else. Like, wh- where where are you at? Are you there? Are you walking through? The, did they see you? To them black kids, did you right. always be like, nah? Well, them black kids, did you tell your daughter not to go and see, not to go, not even engage with in school? Did they see you and they don't see you, and you you, you give you. your money to that endowment and to your your Morehouse, your A and T, and you your Emory, and then you out the May. Are they right. in Atlanta? In Atlanta, do they see you in the A? Do they see you pulled up? No, they don't. They don't. And it's they not enough no more. They don't know you. Mm-hmm. And that's why I ride with you, man. So can you speak on that a little bit, man? Like, I know, are we going to yeah. get to where we need to go? But I, I find that, I find that it's just, it it, bore, it kills me, man. Yeah, and it and it hits me the same way, too. Like, I, I, um, I moved, we moved out from New York to New Orleans, and I was living in Bed-Stuy. And I loved it. And I think that's, you know, Brooklyn is Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. I, I love the energy. But it was always something that I still, I wear scrubs. But I'm, I, my goal is always to be approachable. And it, I love being on the on the train or walking home or or being on a stoop and somebody in a mother with her kids like, look, he's in the hospital, he's a doctor, whatever. You can do that, man. That's crazy to feel that in the hood because I also know what's going on around the corner. But I gotta be seen, and I tell people, I oh man, this is this is this is real. This is what happened. This is something that happened like let's say recently, like two weeks ago. I was on the on a webinar for uh, health disparities in the in anesthesia world in the healthcare. Um I had on a a black hoodie, had Equal on it, some black historical um information, and everyone else on it was faculty members and they were they were suited. Um webinar went great. The remarks about it was wonderful. But one of the comments I got later on yep. was yeah, it always it was comes. From one of our own always comes one of from our own who has a position in uh, an uh, organization that 
Might I suggest next time wearing a um, business casual? Might I suggest? Boy. <laughs> might, might I suggest? And, and you know, what's the what's the appropriate way to respond to that and not and not hit somebody with all the credentials and everything that you've done and what you're doing to the community and what it means? And I and you know, respectfully, I said, I hear your opinion, and that's okay. But I'm I'm not here to speak on behalf of people in the suits. We've mm-hmm. already alienated a whole group of people by having this uniform mm-hmm. i'm not speaking for them i'm not speaking to them i don't represent them i said i'm not here touching the people where they are and me being the hoodie is more, more approachable than me being in a suit and it's not authentic i'm speaking on the problems of the of health disparities in the, in the poor community and how healthcare care isn't touching us and how new orleans doesn't have the finance to transport people and how we put hospitals in the rich part of the city and yet we're two miles from the other areas and people can't get to, to the hospital because the, the train system or the bus system doesn't connect or they have children at home or the school system is this. I said, have you ever thought about what it, what it costs to not go to work to go to a doctor's appointment and risk food on the table for your kids? We mm-hmm. put a suit on. What is that saying? Mm-hmm. Man, you, know? you, you, Gosh, man, you hit it. And it's it's crazy now. A lot of corporations and here and this is how we can break it all. Right. We got these corporations that really want to do diversity work now. Right. It's cool. And they want to put out these statements and things of that nature. Right. Mm-hmm. But to be real, it's a simple solution. Like I know great people of all colors that when they, when they outside of work, when they just getting stuff done, regular, 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 hood, regular, regular gear, right. building stuff with the house, with the kids, they're good people. Yep. They chill. Like bring yep. that per, bring that version to where you to to to, to diverse communities. Bring that version. Like d- d- take off the suit and bring that version and go 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 to the hoods or go to other places and 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 and, and promote that bread. Like don't. But here's what happens: they they want to put money behind it without without changing. And it doesn't mean yep. I, and it don't got to be deep or having all these these six stratas the six these six um uh the, the think tanks in your your, your no 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 no. Yeah. You need to bring your, your bring yourself. Executives, hear me and hear me well. Bring yourself to these places, yourself, not the suits. Not hey, um, I'm rich for uh, Capital mm-hmm. One, and um, we're coming here today to give a million dollars to Cornwallis. They don't need a million dollars. Oh, like what? They, what they've been doing with the money? They need you there and talking and rapping. Like, and, and I don't care if you white or black. They need those executives to do the gay advice. They need you there and your regular, your regular stuff, and go give game, man. Go talk. That's what they need. They don't need no, like, and we say, oh, they need resources. No, 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 I'm going to be honest. A lot of them have shown themselves with resources they don't know what to do yet because they don't got the game. You can give me a million dollars, and if I don't know what to do with it, it's blown. So don't just say, I'm going to give money. But that corporation try to get off on that, and I'm tired of it. You get off on money, get off on these think tanks, and you want to get, and, and a lot of them, they want they want the black employees that's worth for them to do all the work. Yeah, it, it ain't up to us. We've been in this already. We, we've been working. We've been working. We work every day. We wake up. We black. We work every day. Like I don't want to, I don't want to have to carry that weight. And like, at, at some point, y'all got to do the work. Like, y'all mm-hmm. got to come out here. Like you said, come to the communities, build true programs, and build true. it within the community. Don't mm-hmm. don't bring your people to help run it without pulling the community as a part of it. Because mm-hmm. you you try to define things in your office and like, oh no, this is what they need. How about you go to the community, and ask them what they need and what they want, and then have the leaders of the community be a part of the of the program to build it. That's where the respect is. Y'all, that's what they, that's what we need. Not mm-hmm. that, that's what we need because we don't see it. And, mm-hmm. and all these, I, I, I'm, I'm at a point now where 
the the idea of diversity inclusion means very little to me without action. And we have I've, I'm because of what I do, I have students that come to me and, you know, I know what's going on. And I'm, it's to a point where I'm holding these universities and these accreditation people accountable in whatever way I can, because you aren't you say this and it's written on your value statement. We're not seeing it. I don't feel it. My kids feel everything else. And so how, yeah, what are you going to do to fix it? Otherwise, we're going to pull, we're going to stop having people apply to your programs, which going to decrease your federal funding and y'all going to have a whole other issue. We can go there and we're going to make it, make sure that it's known on a public way that y'all don't, y'all don't live by diversity. It's cold words to make people dive into your application process and want to apply to your school and get the, 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 the brown, black and brown faces on your pictures. Just say you do it. Just say you did it. But we just know y'all ain't really doing it. And I like that. And now you're in this place in your career. And I don't know if you were always there, but now you have enough merit to really be like, nah, this ain't it. Because I understand every you can't just be a first year. without If you ain't even proven as what you do, it's going to be hard to flex and be like, yo, nah, this ain't it. They be like, bro, you 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 have no voice. But I think well, sometimes we wait to get the biggest voice to, to start. But it's like, nah, when you get when you start getting a little bit of credibility, you need to go ahead because like that's we need people like yourself fighting. Like not nah, and, and telling yeah. people what it is like, you know how to everybody it's crazy in the corporate world. Certain people can be real blunt. Right. But then other people right. can't. It's like, uh, uh-uh, no, 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 no. Now I'm real, real blunt. I don't care what organization you with, because guess what? You 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 done built some things that regardless if they excommunicate you, I'm good regardless. So y'all going y'all going to get this smoke. Yeah. We got time today. Right. <laughs> yeah, we got time today. And that's the thing, too. Is like, and the thing is, I got street cred. I got clout. But part of that, but part of that on a bigger scale, this is this is this is where this is where we're going on a bigger scale. So I finished anesthesia school at 25. Mm-hmm. And for what it is, you you you're coming out doing six figures. So I'm 25, I'm I'm young and dumb, doing whatever. But then I got hit 30 and I was like, nah, man, I need to do something different. And I didn't have my doctorate then. I didn't need it for 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 my career. I didn't need it. But it was important for me to get it for my for the people around me. And I wanted to get it from Ivy League school to show them that it's possible. But also, I wanted to do it in New York because I grew up in Chattanooga, like I said, small city. For us, the big city was Atlanta and mm-hmm. Memphis. And I had to show, I wanted to show our people that, like, it's still bigger things that can be done. And I, I'm going to walk in and show you that it can be done. And so, as I did that, and they knew it didn't change who I was, I'm still coming back. But I recognized that, like, now I'm at a point where you, you can't tell me nothing. Like mm-hmm. I've earned this ability to speak out and talk to you about what's going on. And now I've built a situation where the people, my, my words have value and you can't necessarily not cause I've already did. I've checked the boxes for you. Now you, you got to listen to me. Mm-hmm. And, and on a way of doing that, I've also said things where it's like, I'll, I'll figure it out. I'm not, I'm not scared of losing it, but I did spend a two year process praying and meditating and figuring out, asking God to show me my purpose. Mm. And that came to fruition last fall. And that's where things really, really got, they spirit, they kind of spiraled up in a way that I couldn't really control. And I wasn't trying to control. And I just let God just work. Mm. Um, and I ran from it for so long. And, you know, there's only so many times people, spiritual people can look at you and tell them like you have a gift and you, you are meant to speak and represent your people in a biblical way. Um, and I finally walked into that. And now mm. that that fear of 
saying the wrong thing, that fear of offending someone, um, it's it's gone now. It's just that it's just honest conversation, honest representation, and I and I know that's what I'm supposed to do. Mm, so let's stop right there because now we're going to transition to the next part of the show. But I do have one question that we have to get before we transition. Um, this you said a couple things. One, I, I want y'all to meditate on um, understanding your gift, but also two, I, I really want for all our listeners. I would love for your people you really call tr- tr- uh, true friends and all this other stuff. I want y'all to really take more time in acknowledging their gifts. Like, tell them what they're good at, please, please. We need more people. We need way more confident people. We got. I, I, I run across way too many geniuses in all fields that don't really appreciate themselves as geniuses. They don't say it. Like, I told people since I was 19, I'm going to be a legend. I didn't say that just because, like, whatever. Like, nah, I was intentional. I was programming my mind that people would refer me. They knew. At the end of the day, we know G. G going to big up himself, but G, I, I, I'm always, and it was my it was my thing. I was like, nah, I'm a legend. I'm a legend. I'm a legend. I'm a legend. Then shoot, we done, we done did what we needed to do, and we're still going. But we really need to tell our friends and tell our people that we really are true friends that, yo, you're, you're a gift. We need to really hone in that. So I want y'all to, to figure that out and do that. Um, second, I, I love the part of walking with God, like, I know there may be some atheists and all these other people who listen to podcasts. Okay, cool. If this ain't you, just let's let, give us two minutes. Uh, but you, you having that time and it's not a day. It for you it was two years. Two years for me it was yeah. a, cu- a couple months. And it's meditating, and not only a career, but even in relationships. So even it's something that's uh, anything mm-hmm. that's of your spirit. When you wake up, you like, uh, it is nagging you. You got to take that to dad. You got to. Mm-hmm. You got to take that Yahweh. You got to. And it's going to take yep. time. But you have to get you. And you got to walk with him every day. He need to hear you. And I and, and it's been on my spirit too. Be real explicit about your ass. Don't just say I need money. I need this. I need that. Be real explicit. Tangible. Tangible. Tactical. But also question before we get to the present round. What got you into nursing? Because I ain't going to lie. When I read it. I first reached out. I'm like. Who the heck gets a doctorate in nursing? Like. Okay. You, right. you, you might as well be a doctor. Like. Nursing. And you went through, you went to the top right. program. It ain't like you like try to slide in with a doctorate, boy. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so as we go to the present day and kind of what you do now and what you're doing for advocating for people of color in the medical space, mm-hmm. um, how'd you even get into this space, man? Like, what, 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 what was that moment? Yeah. So for me, it was. Um, <laughs> that's funny. That's full circle. It started out the the root of it was I didn't have a mentor that I could look at to guide me into the space as a medical doctor. Mm-hmm. So. I so with that said, I didn't know the route for undergrad, med school, residency, fellowship. I didn't know that route. Didn't know what how to get there, whatever. I also didn't have a plan B. I left home at seventeen and I could not go back home. Mm-hmm. That was that was in my mind. Um it was for me it was a figuratively an um actual reality for me. Um so I started a path where I knew I could get a job and that was nursing. Nurses will always have a job. That's what I knew. I knew if I get a bachelor's in nursing, I will be at a, I will have a job at all time. I'll be able to provide for my family at all times. I couldn't have that same guarantee with a pre-med, let's say biology degree mm-hmm. because it's not guaranteed that you're going to get into med school. And I couldn't, I couldn't afford to not have a job and not have yeah. a way to make money. <laughs> and so I started on that process um, 
got in and did the prereqs and all that stuff the first couple of years of school and then got into the nursing program. And um, I was doing that. My my tr- And I did this as a precursor to um, med school. Mm-hmm. I wanted to say, OK, I still want to pl- apply to med school, but I know I can have a job and work while in that space of time to get into school. Mm-hmm. So um, what changed for me was doing a, one of my clinical rotations uh, in nursing school, labor delivery. Um, I was 20 years old trying to assess pregnant women in the inner city. Um, and this was that duality that comes with being in the medical field, being in the nursing side um, and being a male. Um, I was being denied access to my younger teenage patients or just younger patients because their parents were still involved in their life. Um, they just saw me as a, as a young man, not necessarily as a medical professional. And I wasn't allowed to assess them. So I spent a lot of time just at the front desk studying um, as opposed to actually doing the clinical work. Um, and that just comes with the space I was in. But I know a lot of these same patients, uh, patients and parents had male doctors that were doing way more invasive things than I was going to be doing as a, as a nurse to them. Um, but that's neither here nor there. It all happened for a reason because, because I was denied that access. I was introduced to a, a nurse anesthetist who was doing C-sections in labor and delivery. And she was like, look, you need to come hang out with me. I see you up here for the past week. I've talked to your supervisor. You're good. So I spent the next couple of weeks just doing surgery with her and anesthesia from her. And she was like, she was the one that told me, you need to get an anesthesia. What? You're a black male. You're like, you're a unicorn. And they need it. And they want it. Like, they might as well tell you no. And the profession doesn't have it. And I was like, all right. I had no idea what it was going to open up to, but that is how I ran into anesthesia and I started doing the research and seeing the opportunity and I was like, okay, I can do this. Mm -hmm. Um, And the numbers made sense. I know numbers. (laughs) And I was like, like, okay, two more years, three more years to finish here and I can do what? All right, I can can do this. I can make this work. Mm. Yeah. But also it was a a white woman who introduced me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's also within that space. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and that's why for uh, my white advocates out there, man, um, continue doing what you're doing. If you're on this podcast, that means you, you're here for a reason. So continue doing what you're doing. Reach back. Um, don't be afraid. Don't don't be afraid to reach out to somebody you see got potential that's, that's of color. I mean, and say, hey, well, how about this opportunity? Don't be afraid if, if at, at, at some may be receptive, some may be skeptical. But um, mm-hmm. show yourself a value and really, really be real with the follow through. I think sometimes a mentorship and it is weird, but is I think specifically for black folks, it's a responsibility because sometimes and it's hard because sometimes it's it, especially on the front end. It seems like you have to do more to get people where you need where you need them to go. Then you would think like, yo, you, especially yourself, take yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. Say if right. you were trying to advise somebody to get them to, to anesthesia. I mean, you're a multimillionaire like you, 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 you're good. Right. But then you right. have to you have to track them down to di- to them to follow up right you have to email them mm-hmm. you like bro do you know who i like i mean not on the ego tip but like bro i don't got really time to really be back and forth but now i'm texting you remind you of calls but i think sometimes right. we stop there and not to say we need to be like cold with it but i think it's to a certain degree some people just ain't they not there yet so you have right. to kind of coax with them and, and but it's up to you to have a spirit in line to see what person you can coax and be lenient with like because i'm a real guy mm-hmm. on practicality like timeliness there's certain things I'm like, uh, I can't be leaning with this dude because he's just not respectful. But there's certain people like, you know, they got good hearts, but they got a lot going on. So you just got to be like, find a way. What is, what is your take on that as far as mentorship? Because I think sometimes mm. when you get to a certain place, 
You want people to, you want the young folk to respect you at that place and to operate accordingly, but they don't know how to operate accordingly. So how do you do it? Right. So part of that, is I break that one. I, I go in, for, in, in order to be truly involved, I have my mentees sign a mentee mentor agreement mm. where, and we have a contractual agreement where um, I'm, I want you to hold me accountable and I hold you accountable. I'm giving up a piece of me and I expect you to do the same thing and follow through. And if you don't, certain repercussions come behind that. And this is how we, we, we would deal with it. But part of that is also having a conversation with, say, the younger guys about, like, look, that's where something I have to be more transparent with them so that they can see the fruits of the labor. And sometimes it is sitting down and sometimes I go through and show them evaluations of, of and value of what I have um, in some aspect. And sometimes that's enough motivation. Like, look, I they they get it. They they recognize like I don't you don't have to be here, but sometimes just having a conversation, I let them sit within the process and like I'm doing this out of love. I want you to win too, and I don't want to do this by myself. I don't want to be on this side. I, I get nothing out of I don't quote if you think I'm boasting about having this. That's not that's no fun doing this by yourself. I want to see somebody else win, and then they can tell somebody else how to win. Like mm-hmm. we've seen that we've seen that work out in other communities. Mm-hmm. I want to bring that into our community. Um. But like I said, sometimes it is you have to do do more. And sometimes I do have to get them that space so that they can deal with it, whatever they have going on. If mm-hmm. I've had people that say, like, I want to do it, I want to do it, but I just had a baby. I get, I understand that's a different responsibility, a life-changing event that you have to wrap around. It's like you, you have to reprocess and reprogram. Doesn't mean that you, that this this goal has disappeared. It may just be on hold for a second and you can't meet the, the deadlines that I set in place. Mm-hmm. But I'm still here for you when you're, when you're ready. And mm-hmm. I made sure to do that. I made sure to keep the conversation open. I never yeah. want to close it down on somebody who is showing me that they, they want to they have it. Mm. And I think you hit on something deep. Um, we have to, and it's a transparent thing. That's why with all my people, like my, my brothers and, and, and anybody that asks, I'm very transparent about all my numbers. Like I've always been. Because um, they yeah. need to know. Because like, the industry is full of weird people that... Like, especially in the speaking space, man. People that got all these pictures, got all this other stuff, and ain't making no money. Like, that's why, like, nah, I know people that's really, you don't see nothing on them online. They they doing, they, they running circles around everybody, right? But I think the, the point about showing your fruits of labor, being intentional about showing the fruits of your labor, because then, you know, for the most part, especially for, the, for those folks that we trying to get, that activating right there. Like, because they not, because right. guess what? They not going on LinkedIn right when they meet you. Just be honest. They not. Especially I'm talking about like the high school, the young people. And I, of course, sometimes you don't have a lot of time to enter young people, even college folk, even grown folk. People, people meet me all the time and want a game and they ain't even knowing you got a podcast. I'm like, but why are you reaching out, bro? Like, but it, it, so I, I think, but for the, those that, that, that show themselves worthy, I mean, I think walking them through the fruits of the labor. Mm-hmm. Um, That's why I just, I just now started buying J's and doing other stuff. Not, I mean, I, I, I also, cause I always wanted them, but I just couldn't get it. But also too, I, I do realize, cause I work specifically with high school, a lot of high school young men and you, you not, they not, they not on your LinkedIn. They not on what you right. really do. You feel me? And they couldn't understand it either. Because even for me, online, I see them straight, but the stuff they're working on the back end, you be like, what in the world? For real? They not seeing that. They seeing, okay, what, how, first of all, what you wearing, but also how you living. That's the biggest thing. How are you living? Like, as yeah. a person, what is your energy? When you come in the room, do things change? Because guess mm-hmm. what? You can't mention nobody. If you if they ain't seeing no fruits, they're like, hold on, why, why should I look up you? Why should I respect your time? Why right. should I? They didn't. <laughs> yeah. And I respect, and I respect them for that. I t- That's yeah. one of the first things too. Don't don't listen to nobody that ain't doing what you want to do. 
Yeah. Like, that's so I respect that. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. If 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 I if I can't show you the proof, then what's the point? You try to run game on me, and we already know our community has already had enough game run on us. So yeah. we, we should be skeptical. Yeah. I respect that. <laughs> yeah, nah. So let's get into present day, man. Present day. What all are you working on? What are you excited about? Uh, kind of run us through, uh, because you you don't just because you still you're an anesthesiologist, right? Mm-hmm. And, and there's anesthetist. So I do the anesthesia. I, I work as a team with a partnership with anesthesiologists in eighty mm, percent of my settings, but I do do some independent stuff also. So, so kind yeah. of just break our audience down on what you do, what you're doing mm-hmm. for in the medical field, spe- specifically for people of color, as well as like wh- what are you involved in. So like this is your time okay. just to kind of get us a present day. Yeah, present day. Most recently, I uh, just released my my memoir, Dream Big, which is just a story of all the obstacles that have happened along the way, mm-hmm. but also it's a it's a story of success and perseverance. What we hadn't talked about right now, this is a small story out of the um, that's in my book is me being arrested three times while I was in anesthesia school um, and dealing with that process and the criminal system and um, what it took to persevere while getting one of the highest degrees in nursing. Hold on, um, hold on. Keep, keep, hey, you got, you got, you got, you got. <laughs> I know, I know it's in the book. Side note, I was, I'm about, the, the book sold out right now? Yeah, we're good. We're good. We get, we just re up. It's on Amazon. Oh, so Am- okay. Flanagan on Amazon. Yeah. All right, I'm looking. I'm about to buy it right now while we're talking. This is okay. I'm gonna go to Amazon, but yeah, so because they yeah. got it sold out on the website. All right, cool. Yeah, but so br- I, my copies are sold out, but Amazon's got them. Ah oh, man, I want. I need. I need the sign. Well, you got one at the crib. I got you. I got All right, you. cool, cool. After just send me the link. I, I still, I'll cash you out. We, we'll get that. But yeah. Now nah, let's let's talk through the please if we if we can, man. Arrested three times. And this is the what what, what, what I, I, if from what you can share. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, it's good too. I, um, I was still doing parties in a season school. I didn't. I was. I was one that wasn't trying to change my lifestyle and quit working. So I was still working and doing parties in Atlanta. I was going mm-hmm. to school in Birmingham. So every weekend I was shooting back up to Atlanta, mm-hmm. doing parties and events. And just one one holiday on my first year of school, um, I drank a lot. <laughs> um, felt invincible. I was in. I was in a cloud. I'm young, making money, living a life. And I got a DUI on the road at like four in the morning going the wrong way. I was going the right way on the highway, but going in the wrong direction for where my destination was. Mm-hmm. Um, ooh, that is deep. Boy. Ooh, hey, whoa. Ooh, ooh, hey, ooh, sl- ooh, sl- ooh. Oh, man. Oh, God. I, ah, I like, hey, that's been, ooh, hey. hey. Ah, yeah, 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 that's it. That's Boy. it. I, <laughs> hey, when the Lord be talking, when the Lord here, you got to go with it. So yeah. I was on my right path to anesthesia world, but I was going to head in the wrong direction in the party city. Also on the highway. Um, got a DUI, um, which is a whole other thing because I work in medicine. So you have to, um, I had to submit paperwork and, and let the boards and insurance companies, all this stuff know about what's going on. And biggest thing was having to go tell the director of the program. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and that's just, this is a conversation where you could be expelled indefinitely mm-hmm. or, or not. And again, um, they believed in me, saw in me and said, we just going to be with you through this. And, um, went through the process. It was drawn out for a while, got put on probation, but I, misunderstanding was that i um i thought i had rights to driving back and forth to school mm-hmm. and i didn't and got pulled over for some some janky ish for quote unquote crossing lanes um while driving straight and i was sober 
um, but pulled me. Um, and I had to, my license is suspended, all this other stuff I'm driving. So I get, I mean, now I get arrested again out, right outside of Atlanta. Um, I was still doing parties, but I was, I thought I was good to drive to my money making event. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I get locked up again, uh, just a small thing, but it's a probation violation. Got to go to court again, do another like holding stay. Um, and that's just another, it's it just, I was just in the, in the system, you know, and I can see how it was just spiraling. Like I have no, I have no cloud at this point, as far as like me getting out of this system. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm on probation with a probation violation in a different County inside of Georgia. So now I got two cases in Gwinnett, one in Gwinnett, one in Cobb County. What's it Cobb? Fulton, Fulton, Fulton County in Gwinnett County. Um, and so I'm having to go to court while going to school in Birmingham, two hours away, having to go to court and, and probation hearings in Atlanta and, and dealing with that. So all that gets expounded upon in, in the book. And you see how I was taking the Greyhound bus. I go from having a $80,000 car and taking the Greyhound bus. Actually, I bought two cars in anesthesia school. So <laughs> I, <laughs> I had, I was doing that in life also, but then now I go, so I'm taking the Greyhound back and forth and um, I'm walking a mile or two to clinicals, rains, snows, anything. I'm walking to clinicals. I'm taking luggage to get on a train station out of out of the city. It was just all that goes through, you know, what makes me where I am now. Yeah. <laughs> so when you yeah, see yeah. this other side, like, nah, this could have been a whole different story. But at the same time, also, uh, there was a, that was a struggle and that was a grind that had to happen. Different mm-hmm. from just hitting the books. Mm, yeah, I love that. So we're going to have all that in the show notes. So go ahead and cop, cop that book ASAP Rocky. ASAP. I can't wait to get my copy, signed copy from the, yeah. the, the author himself, man. So so you got the book, right? So what's, what else? What else we got cooking? What else? So we got the Dream Big Mentorship Program now that's that's off the ground and running. There's it's three components of it. Yep. So there's the first component of students. I, I meet nurses where they are and potential nurses to talk to them and get them geared up to apply to anesthesia school. So mm-hmm. that's resume building, that's personal statement editing, that's mock interviews, that's GRE prep. I've got partnerships now with the with the preparation companies that help give uh, I give an award every six or seven weeks to one of my mentees about um for them to take the GRE. It's prep mm-hmm. work for months and then they take the GRE and that's also paid for. And that's just a kind of decrease of that, that unnecessary barrier to um, success, which is standardized testing. That's just a, a racket money-wise. So, whole separate story. But we prep them and get them ready for school. Once they're in school, I have another component of the program, which is my wellness group, which meets once a month with a licensed therapist. And we're doing this over Zoom, where we have these sessions because the things we go through in the clinical setting mm-hmm. are isolated because it's just us in a program, but they're not they're not uncommon across the country. Mm-hmm. So I show up to, to clinicals. Let's say I show up to clinicals, which is the hospital in yep. scrubs, young black person. I'm asked to push a stretcher or to get the trash because they don't know that I have degrees or that I'm here for anesthesia learning. Yep. They mm-hmm. think I'm here as a janitorial services. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I'm in a different role. Now, I've done that role going through but I'm in a different role. Mm-hmm. I'm going through this. Is, okay, how do you process this? Also, how do you process when you have? I've had students tell me that they were in these 
not even say backwards countries, but they're in a they're in a situation where they have a racist preceptor and they've been called nigger before. Like, but you trying to stay in school. Wow. Who do you tell that to? Yeah. You know wow. what I'm saying? And who's protecting them? And so these these situations aren't uncommon and these microaggressions that these students are having to deal with. And so we created this space where this these shared stories to be empowering, to vent, to heal, really, so that you could go back out and fight again the rest of the month. Um, on the backside of that, we're working on putting together webinars and, and financial literacy and wealth generation um, webinars for the students that are in school and after school. Because the other issue we have is you get this big payday, what do you do with it? And like you said, you can I can give you a million dollars, but if you don't know what to do with a million dollars, it's going to do in the way you're going to be back in the same position again. Um, and so that other aspect is like, how do we build financial literacy, but more so how do we build generational wealth where you're gaining assets now? You can enjoy the stuff, you can enjoy it and buy other things, but how do you minimize those material things to start building some true assets and value for yourself and your family long term? And so that's the third component is that what happens after school. Mm, man, so, again, so before, during, and after school. Wow. So how long yeah. is it? How long is the program? How long is it? Uh, it's been it's been established uh, on paper, <laughs> um, just this year, January. Uh, the the work has been going on for five years, mm, and so, it came to a point where I was touching too many people, and I was like, I needed a place for them to go to and get this really organized, and they and they needed to know each other. Mm, and are you accepting new new clients? I'm accepting new clients. I do a new cohort every two months. I got you. And these are specifically for people that are interested in nurses and things of that nature, right? Yep. And nurse anesthesia specifically until we get a chance to branch out. I'm, I'm, I'm looking and searching for those who do what I do in other professions. And so I would gladly, gladly love to collab and partnership and let's do some work because it's still it's needed all over the place. Yeah. No, nah, this is this is very you got you on something big, man. You got affiliate program. Yeah, I, I um. So the thing I'm working with now is with uh, I'm working with Magoosh. Um, partnership was up with them, and the other larger program that's also doing um, work in the space is uh, Diversity CRNA, mm-hmm. and they give they they touch people before they get to me. Mm-hmm. As far as like they they sometimes go to uh, high schools or or colleges and let people touch the mannequins and touch the um the items and devices we use, and then. I get them afterwards to say, gotcha. I see you get exposed. You got exposed to it. Now what? Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. We need that affiliate program, man. We, we refer, yeah. give me the referral code, man. Give me a custom referral code. <laughs> let's get, let's get it, man. Let's get it. We'll talk offline about that, man. But yep. that's, that's huge. And um, anything else you want to speak on before we go to the future stage, man? Um, Nah, that's that's keeping me busy right now. I mean, I'm, I'm speaking on, you know, I want, I just want to change the narrative of, what's happening to us behind the scenes. Um, everybody stay safe, man. This pandemic is real. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nah, it's, it's really real, man. So now we're going to go to our future session. This is our last round. Um, so, all right. So it's crazy. Cause I, I get up like four, four 30. And when I, when I walk with God, God gave me a lot of revelations. Right. So I start texting people mm-hmm. like, yo, I need you in this pocket. I need you this, blah, blah, blah. blah. I, like my marching <laughs> orders for the day. So right now I'm looking at my watch and the texts just start coming in. Like, okay, cool. It's like seven Oh six. And I know around about eight o'clock, nine o'clock. That's when every, the whole avalanche going to come. But, uh, yeah. it's, it's crazy when you literally, when you're in the morning and you get a chance to walk with them, the revelations and stuff you see, 
it will it will change your life. Like in the stuff you mm-hmm. can't get at eight a.m. You can't. Right. The world the world ain't got to you by then. Mm-hmm. Facebook ain't got to you. Instagram they got to yep. you. And not to the fact that you on it all the time because I know people are like hold on I don't be on Instagram all the time. No 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 don't play with me. Don't play with me. You get on there and then you mm-hmm. see certain things that take your mind away from yourself. You see yep. you see that pic. You see that girl. And even if you're showing love, you're not focused on yourself. Like you immediately wake up, you on news, you focus on the world, you focus on t- pain, you focus on anger, you focus on all this stuff. You ain't never had a chance to look in the mirror and walk and focus on yourself. Like, yep. so I, I mean, I can go all day on that, man. But I just challenge y'all, please, 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 man. Before, even if you're not a morning person, I know people that's not morning people. Like when you get up, man, don't don't give the world yourself, man. Please, don't give the world yourself before you give your kids, your wife, your partner, whatever you have going on. Do not, don't you dare. I'm telling you this. Don't mm-hmm. you dare give the world or anything else yourself before you check in with you and then the people around you. Because um, we don't we need we got we, we need all my folks, specifically my black folk locked in from the time they wake up and getting their mind right. All right. So to, to, to vibe with me on that. Um, so let's talk about future, man. What's next for you in 20? Uh, nah, I'm not. I'm going to skip that question. Listen, it's just the core question of it all, man. Um, mm-hmm. what, what do you want your what do what do you want your lasting legacy to be like when you when you're when God calls you up right when you go to the upper room? Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you want them to say? What do you want them to, 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 to how do you want people to make you feel like what like break that down for us? Yeah, break it down. Yeah, I, I, that's a beautiful question, and I've had to go through that. I think I want I wanted to be said that I one lived in my purpose, and on top of that is built a. Uh, understand that I opened doors for people that didn't have any gates to get through. And then I changed the profession and changed the landscape to make it better. Um, and with that, on a, on a bigger scale, I, I improved healthcare and, and improved our standing as a people um, from just touching the bodies that I'm meant to be touching. And on top of that is doing it all with God first. God didn't just just give me the blessings and opportunities for me not to speak on them. And I I do believe in just walking in faith and walking in what he has given you so that people can see it. I don't have to beat you down over and over. I don't feel like I need to beat you down with the Bible over and over to get you to believe. But I do believe that if I'm walking the way he wants me to and walking into the, the doors and spaces and I'm showing you these opportunities and you're seeing the fruits of it that you you believe there's a higher power that's pulling me to do this and there's a higher power that you should believe in um and then we can start the conversation of like just how do I walk with God and how do I pray and um how do I live this spiritual life um and how you can do the same and I think that's that's what I want the legacy to be what I want you know God to say you did you did good work mm. yeah and and this is for I want to repeat it. This is you know from the OGET man, but I I really want to challenge us all to two things. One, of course, to die on E, but two, do not show up to the pearly gates and you still got talents left. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. Don't you dare. And it's okay if you got one talent. Maximize that one. If you got if you're a five talent person, I need to see five talent results. Like so, <laughs> it, it, I, we right. got a lot of people masquerading around with five talents. That, like they five talents, but it's like bro, you a one talent person. But it's cool. Mm-hmm. Like dominate the one talent. Because then that's all God wants. That's all you that's all you got. You feel me? And that's great. But yeah, we but we in. have a lot of people telling people to go out of their lane. Yo, you need to get in real estate. You need to do this. You need that. Like, no, 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 no. Like you really gotta be in tune and say, yo, if you can do those lanes, a lot of lanes, hey, do it, right? 
But if you can't, man, don't do that, bro. It's all good. Like, if you say, hey, I'm just a nurse, then that's great. Like, but the thing is, here's the challenge, yep. though. And this is biblical. I wish I, I wish I could get the spirit, uh, the, the scripture. I don't got it on my head. But if you if you have one talent, you need to be excellent in that one talent. Don't you dare dishonor your one talent by being average. Don't you do it. Yep. Don't you do it. Because you be the main one. People, all these people, all these different things, they need to focus on one thing. But you, you focus on one thing and you ain't you ain't great at it. Because here's the, here's the thing. You can't put the coach on your back if you ain't great at what you do. You can't because you have no merit. Like you said, you have no merit. They look at you. You yep. late to your job. You average at your paperwork. You know, you're not doing the paperwork good, whatever. And you want you want to you want to be protesting. Not, it, how does that work? Because guess what? They people, they seeing you on the line. And they're like, you ain't about it. You're not real. You hurting the culture. We got people hurting yep. the culture, man. They on the front lines and they not 100 at their job. Like, no. Mm-hmm. If you on the front lines. If you post that. If you made a post, you better be 100 at what you do. Period. You yep. got to be. It doesn't work. It doesn't work any other way in the black culture. So all my people right now that's on that, that, that riding, riding tip, I get it. I feel it. I love it. But you better be phenomenal what you do or seeking to be phenomenal. That's it. Mm-hmm. You got you got something you got to say on that right there? <sighs> yeah, no, I fully support that. Yeah, you you hit it. Like, do what you do and just do it well. You that's you give an opportunity, do it well. That the people respect that. They I can't respect you if you're not if you're not living up to your highest potential or at least trying to. Like, what am I what am I following? What does it mean if I see you and you falling short or you're not even putting forth effort, but you're showing up and you want to be a leader, a guide, or make change? I need more. And it's the same thing with everything else. You know, we talked about like being authentic and being being real like get your stuff together so that i when you come up and step up oh i believe this i know that he's doing it i trust that 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 this work that she's doing is important and meaningful and it's going to be beneficial she's already showed me what she's putting in i know this is not just some oh i want to do this for today now nah, she's been doing this and it's been working I'm, i can get behind this all day and that's how everything grows Mm. Yeah. And 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 for you for for those of you I want to comment out because I don't want you to miss this right when I say all in and be phenomenal I said trying to be phenomenal right because there's a lot of been there's a lot of times in my life where like stuff wasn't going well right but guess what it wasn't going well because I was trying to be phenomenal like it's okay if right now you you depressed if stuff and stuff ain't working out it's okay I'm not telling you that you need to be perfect to be on the front lines I'm not saying that we not saying that. You when you look at his book, there's times that it just wasn't stuff won't clicking. He was making bad decisions, but I guarantee at the ethos of his heart, he was searching for phenomenal. He was searching for to be to be great. It wasn't. It's different. You making bad decisions. And you just you you just you cool being average. Then nah, you need nah, you need to turn up. So I'm not so I'm, mm-hmm. for all you people don't get don't get it confused. I'm not I'm not shaming nobody because I've been there. Shoot, I might be there in a couple. Who knows what God calls me, right? But the challenge is you need to strive for it, though. It's about striving. That's it. That's that's the name of life. You feel me? At the end of the day, it's about striving. That doesn't mean that doesn't mean we just we're not respectful what the privilege and things we have now. But it's about just striving, man. We need people to continue striving. You never done learning. Yeah, I know you graduated. You never done learning. I know you don't like school. You never done learning. I know you don't do well on tests. You never done learning. Like, stop, stop saying that. I don't do tests. I don't read. I do. Dang, you don't do well on tests. You don't read. You don't like talking to me. What, what do we do? What do you do? Like, what you what do you do? What do you do? <laughs> and then there'll be people that, and then they want their kids to do well on tests. They want their kids to right. read. Like, we, how, yeah. how does that work? I, my parents, 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 don't, don't ask all this stuff from your kids and you're not even trying on it. It don't, it don't work like that. You average, you want your kid to be phenomenal. 
how they see average every day. They look at your, your behind. They look at how they living. They see average every day. Like, what, what do you expect? You want them to go to school and be good at school, talk back? But here's the thing. You want them to respect their teachers, right? But you don't respect your family. You beefing with your mom. Mm-hmm. You beefing with your sister. That, that don't make sense. Like, and I had to tell myself this. Like, I can't. I, there's one way I wanted to act. And my life changed once I started aligning how I act. And from a professional, from a speaking level, I've always, pound for pound, always been one of the best speakers. I, that's, 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 that's it. However, how, are you pound for pound a, a good, good son? Mm-hmm. I, are you pound for pound really trying to be the best son? A best, not a good, a best son for your mom. Like, does your mom want? Mm-hmm. Does your mom, your mom do, like, I was being a great speaker. There was times where I was struggling. My mom was doing so much for me. Like, I didn't even think, like, a birthday just, like, yo, how can I make her smile? Like, not not just say, yo, I'm proud of you. No, make her smile. Like, do stuff for her that's really going to shook. Like, yo, oh, my God, I'm blown away from my son. My mom sacrificed everything for me. I'm still, th- think, I'm working on ideas now that I want her to be blown away. But my mom said it wasn't like that a couple years ago. I wasn't looking to blow away people mm-hmm. that sowed seeds. So I want to challenge the people that now are coming up and your things are rocking in your career. People that have been sowing seeds for you, specifically parents or grandparents, whatever, man. Blow them away with your love. Blow them away. Yeah. Blow the community away with your love, man. Um, because we they need that, bro. Like my mom, my mom's strong, mm-hmm. but my mom need, bro. My mom been grinding her whole life, man. She didn't go to college. She just been she been an admin. She need she need me to salsa up. I don't need to be saucing Instagram up. No, we need to no, nah, uh-uh. No, keep it in house. Yeah. Keep the family yeah. closed. Uh man, I'm getting excited, man. This is this is this is this is good for me. Um but no, hey. that's that's big, man. That's big. I feel like I I believe in that wholeheartedly. I think it was about I was about I think I was your age when I fit. I I listened to Bible too, like just as I was going, but like I, it really got big when I was like your age when I was um I I hit a lick and it was time like and she just it was time for her to get the the crib redone and so we redid and expanded the house and, and took care of some other stuff that she's I remember getting her her first real like luxury bag you know what I'm saying like I know what that meant to her because you didn't have it you know what I'm saying we didn't you didn't have the chance to get it. Or just to get a sense like you, you call a need. It's something. That, it's great to be in a space, and you should always do it when you get to a point where you can help. Like I said, help out those who helped you, mm-hmm. um, however it may be. Um, yeah, I just, you, I get. I, I speak on this moment that just that happened with me recently. My um, my mom read the book for the first time, and she was, she, it hit her because there was things that I was going through that she didn't know about, and. She felt like she wasn't, she hadn't lived up to being a good parent. And I was like, no, like everything I went through was for a reason. And I, and I love you for that. I love you for doing the best that you could do. This is all you knew. You know what I mean? And I said, mom, like, understand, I still, I'm going to always take care. You're going to always be important. But you, you were young. This is what, this is all you knew how to do. And I don't, I don't hold anything for, I had to go through my own obstacles and therapy to get to that point and recognizing what effects it had on me but do i hold it against you not at all i said my you always be taken care of i know the love that's there i know the sacrifices you put out there i know when you weren't eating (laughs) i now know why you know what i mean and and that's that piece where he's like i can't forget that i can't take away from that i don't hold my parents I, i can't hold that against you either without that struggle i wouldn't be where i am here but at the same time, because I'm in a better place, you're going to be in a better place. Mm-hmm. And it's it's weird, man. 
I got chills and almost come to tears. You say that, man, because I know that was one of the hardest things about writing. I've, I've written two, working on a third, mm-hmm. but that book where it's like my parents had to read it, and they're like, "What mm-hmm. the hell? Like you were homeless, bro? Mm-hmm. Like you you were mm-hmm. in the streets like that? You made these decisions? Like it was good decisions, but bro, like." And I had other people reading them, they friends, and they're like, "Hold up, it's like, and it's like you yeah. live in this person you you grew up with, you know that's your son, but what?" And mm-hmm. I, I always, and luckily she handled it good, but I always want to know, like you said, bro, it really, I really want her to know that, no, this is nothing, these decisions I made, you made me yep. perfect. You made me perfect. Yep. You, guy, you and my, and my dad, he's not stepdad, but that's my dad. Y'all made mm-hmm. me perfect. Y'all did a phenomenal job. So yep. it's always, especially as a writer, when you doing real stuff and when you've been through real stuff and you sharing it in a real way, not just, hey, I got these three rest, but boom, like you really digging deep into your story. Yeah. It's very, very sensitive. Mm-hmm. The people that actually were in it, because the thing is, like, that's mm-hmm. why, like, people, people that like read it, oh, that's cool, but like, people that are in it and you writing about it is sensitive because you don't, you, you, you want to know people that like one, I'm not, I'm not gonna throw nobody under the bus, and I don't want anybody to ever feel like I threw some shots at them. <laughs> right, right, and that's what I'm saying. People that read it, like that know they're like, it's, it's just, it is what it is. It's kind of point blank, but I also know that, like, she's processing it too. I went through a process to be able to share it, but like she's processing it too in a different way and and my father read it and he enjoyed the book but he was like your mom's gonna this is gonna hit and i was like yeah i i know i hadn't thought about it that deep because i was just getting it out getting it out getting it out and i said i was like yeah this is going it's a lot it's a lot <laughs> it's heavy and so man it's been good to me so let's 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 close it out man culture change round rapid fire round i got five rapid fire questions um looking for rapid fire answers you ready to go yep if you could add one habit and take away one habit, what would they be? Uh, take away drinking less. Uh-huh. Uh, improve meditating every day. Got you. What is the best piece of advice that you have never received? Ooh. Um, spend, spend less. <laughs> <laughs> hey, simple and plain, man. Uh, who, who is... Who, who, what person in your life outside of your direct family has impacted you the most? Ooh, Barbara Reed, my mentor from nursing school, 80, 70, she's 80 plus years old now, white woman, took me under her wing and uh, she helped me get through that DUI. They had some extra opportunities and networks, showed me the world, showed me a white person can believe in you and open doors for you without wanting anything in return. She treated mm-hmm. me like a grandson, like a true, true grandson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is your biggest fear? Um, dying without achieving everything I'm supposed to achieve. Mm. Man. Mm. If you're the president of the United States, what's the first thing you would do? Um, reparations and cancel um, student loan debt. Mm. Mm. We need that. Yeah. Jesus be a face. <laughs> Jesus Ooh. be offense. Um, and here's the most. This is so we, we're done with the culture, the, fa- the 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 rapid fire. This is the last question of the show, man. Um, and this is deep, right? So take your time and meditate mm-hmm. on this. If you could change one thing about the African American culture, what would it be and why? Mm. Um. I think 
there's this this I think this goes back to the other earlier conversation, but I I would change the space of um judgment and fear to our own people. Um I think there are friends, I think people leave the hood or you see let's say even like the homeless of our community, like like veterans and people in our community, we don't come touch those places and those spaces where they are, whether it's fear or judgment of them. And I feel that we could do so much more as a culture if we didn't um, run from those spaces and we didn't let media drive our attention. Um, and we had just empathy. If we had empathy, that was like just true deep down empathy and sympathy for our people and knowing that these issues that are, that are happening to us were not created by us. And when we see people struggling or we see people doing certain things illegal because the system said it's illegal, understand it. It's not by mistake. It's not necessarily because they want to, they have to, because it's the way the system has been for the last 400 years. Um, and it's only illegal because somebody else is saying it's illegal. Going to we, <laughs> well, how is we legal now for the, the 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 big elephant, and we still have people incarcerated for selling weed, or people still getting arrested in certain places for selling weed? The idea that it's even on the table to be legal when people have been having to do it and sell it for years to support themselves is a problem and i think that if we could be more empathetic and just meet people to talk to them and have those conversations and space like we can't give we can't give information we can't give resources if we're afraid to go talk to these people that are going through these days these phases yeah yeah man um it's crazy i was at i was at harvard innovation labs a couple years ago and was rapping with somebody. He was a uh, he was he was uh, he was a uh, based out of Cali. He had a startup that just got a million c- crazy amount of funding, and he had a, a weed startup. So they were doing like CB like they're doing all this stuff. And I was just sitting there, and I was like, "Bro, it's white dude, slick back hair." And I was like, mm-hmm. "Bro, for real, bro? Like he getting million? Not only right. is he selling weed, he, yo, check this, bro. He getting the front money. He getting the front money, a million in front. Like imagine." Right. Look at this. Look at this. Let's this, this, take it there. Imagine, you you know, especially your people's in the streets and other people's in the streets. Like, imagine they get a million up front. Right. A million. A million. A million. Million. A million. <laughs> a million not like 10,000. What? They ain't starting with a, a million. Imagine right. where, where the culture, where, where things would be. You feel me? A million untouched. Because you finna do this and you ain't gonna be touched or have to worry about the legals. And and here's the thing, and I messed up. Uh, and here's the thing about it all. Once you do that, I'm gonna fix it when I'm done. Once you do that, you get the million untouched. It's like it's the crazy system is if you lose all the money, they'll reinvest in you too. You can get you can still get more. Yeah. That's just a part of the system. You imagine that you get something on consignment and then you ain't gotta pay it back. We good. <laughs> nah. We give you a meal. You figure out what to do with it. If you don't, you know, that's another meal or two coming behind. You know what? We didn't give you enough. That's our fault. We should have gave you five up front. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's ridiculous, man. So, hey, man, I told you. I told y'all it was going to be. I'm a fixed guy in the world. I told y'all 
it was going to be a phenomenal episode. And this is one take, Jake. This is a legend. This is one of the best podcasts I ever recorded, man. Fresh off a year hiatus. Look at God. I told you. We locked in. That's why we take years off so we can we can meet people where they at. You feel me? Um, mm-hmm. Man, it's been a pleasure. It's been my yeah. succinct honor. Honor. Man, honor. me this, too. Bruh, so um, we're going to connect offline because we got to stay tapped in. Um, we got to yeah. stay tapped in, like, period, flat out. Um, so I'm going to text you immediately after this call. We're going to set some reoccurrence up. Uh, definitely text me this information um, about the book. Like, I'm whatever like um and i need to i need to sign one um are we gonna do like that man so um where can our audience where can they find you at reach you at as we close where can they reach you at where can they find you uh instagram doc doc dot flanagan f-l-a-n-a-g-a-n that's where i post everything that's going on um and on the website www.doctor that's d-r dante flanagan d-o-n-t-e flanagan f-l-a-n-a-g-a-n there's three books on Amazon right now. There's a, uh, um, and there's more to come. There's, I'm dropping a couple more come uh, September. So yep, same here, same here. September twenty fourth, man. Let's get it, let's get it. So Ooh, my note to the nation. Um, I need you to do one thing and one thing only before we go. Y'all already know what it is. Let's do it. Let's do it. I need you to do. No, I need you two things. One, go buy that book. Go support the brother for all my my nurses and stuff like that. I'm gonna insert a little promo code, not promo code. I'm gonna insert a little link, whatever. By the time this this go out, to use that to go j- look into the membership program, um, because this is what you need. Like this is this is a requirement. Like don't do not jump in the fields and act like you're not gonna pay no money to get the resources that you need to thrive. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Um, and last thing, the most important thing, I need you to do this right. I need you to continue to change the freaking culture. Good night. Boom. We good, bro. Hey, bro. And Man, we hit, we great, hit it on the dot. Seven twenty eight. Seven twenty eight. Yep. Hit it on the dot, bro. Love it. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I felt it, man. Today, man, bro. This is, this is, this is. Hey, I, I envisioned it, and I knew it was gonna be like this. Remember when we first talked? I said, bro, it's gonna be a classic. Yep. This is a classic. Yeah, I love it, man. It was, and ooh, we didn't even dig. dig like we didn't even dig exactly. <laughs> like dig, dig. Like we could. There's a lot to dig, dig. Right. But um, yeah, bro. Oof. Yeah. Oof. We gonna we gonna stay connected, man. This is I'm. Ooh, yeah, I loved it. And when I'm when I'm telling you the way we market this thing, especially what your story, bro, it's gonna get it's gonna get crazy. I'm gonna let you know right now. Like yeah, I'm with it. It's gonna get crazy. I'm excited for it. Uh, uh, let's definitely talk offline about the um, okay. affiliate stuff like that because I think yeah. that's a it's an area. Once you get stuff set up, I mean, there's a there's some people outside of myself as well that I know have access to communities that um, not just bland people, but like real people, intentional communities that um, uh, yeah. definitely could could that can get this could get your stuff even more out as far as the membership okay. and platform. What is your yep. it, real quick? Cause I got like yeah. a minute. What's your capacity for like mentoring? Is it could you could you have bigger cohorts like cohort a hundred? Like what's, what's your capacity? Yeah, I could do I could probably I could do cohorts. Right now I'm doing twenty at a time. Um, I get max. I definitely could do uh hundred. One, I say one hundred would probably be the max right now, because that would put us at that puts it like uh, six hundred for the year, maybe like seven hundred for the year. Um, but yeah, that's definitely feasible. All right, so say yeah. less, man. Well, it, brother. Yeah, we good. We going I'm gonna text you in a second. I got this team meeting, yep. and um, hey, have a phenomenal day, man. It's been a pleasure and an honor, you dog. You too. All right, All right. You as well. Have a good. One. All right, King. Holla. Peace.